right, you bunch of yahoos. Strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. Welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity. We are right here to entertain, offend, defend anybody and everybody. We are here to offer up our political satire approach and views on both national and international events. Uh, around the, the country, around the world. We're just a couple of crotchety old farts that have a bad habit of speaking the truth, but won't let a few facts get in the way of a good story. We believe in America and American, we believe in America and Americans. If this isn't for you, well, then I suggest you change the channel now. We still believe in freedom of speech and we'll rub your face into the cow pie of reality. We will make you scratch your head or scratch your ass, hopefully not at the same time. And without further ado, my cohort in crime is none other than the man of men, Don the Predator Fry, and, and I, his trusty sidekick, Dan to be Severin. And, of course, I don't know if if, if uh, Quinn is not making her cameo today Quinn's, or not. Quinn's on there taking a baby nap. It's okay, just... taking a baby nap. Yeah. And today's uh, guest, uh, star guest, is Mr. Mark Lamb, who is a, uh, is, I don't know if you're current, law enforcement and then seeking out the senator seat or or did you sheriff in in your senator yeah. or so i'm currently the sheriff in pinal county i've uh, been the sheriff now for the last seven years and uh plan on staying here until i finish out my term and then you're gonna then you're gonna slide into the senator position then we're gonna go to washington dc and raise hell out there and try to get this get some common sense and some uh some American values back in this country. Well, we need it. Well, yeah, we... I gotta say, do you know, do you know very many of those politicians? They've had a chance to meet a number of them. That uh, you feel that hopefully they see the same light that uh, they should be seeing, like with the same page that you're on. Well, I hope so. You know, I've met quite a few of them. Some of them seem pretty nice, but uh, then you see them in the polit political world, and they don't always vote the way they should. Not that we oh, should always be lockstep. That's what makes America great. We're all a little bit different, you know, but uh, the, for the most part, I think a lot of them are just going party line now. We're seeing it with Democrats. We're seeing it with Republic, Republicans. They're not looking out for what's best for the American people. It's just a party issue now. And, uh, you know, you take a look at the Senate. The Democrats are controlling the Senate. So everything goes the way of the Democrats. And uh, there's still a few Republicans out there that still believe in support, you know, uh, uh, believe in and and standing up for the American people. So I look forward to being that guy. And I've had people ask me, well, what is one guy going to be able to do? And I always say, well, how many people stood in front of the tanks in Tiananmen Square? You know, it was one guy. One guy stood in front of the tanks. It didn't believe it wasn't that other people didn't believe the way he did, but it took one person with the balls or the courage to stand up and say, no, we're not going to do this. And he frankly, he changed the dynasty. So I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going to be that person that represents God, family, freedom, Arizona, and the American people. And hopefully other people will get it behind me. Yeah, just poke them in the eye if nothing else, right? <laughs> the old eye poke. Yeah, that's, that's the bottom line, yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. both fought back in the days when those things happened. You know, that's, yeah. nowadays <laughs> they, got it, they got it easy. You can't clonk them in the top of the head with a knee or, or a fish hook or eye gouge or any of that. You yeah, guys are old school back in those days. Yeah, I guess the, the current set of rules, there's either 47 or 49 rules wow. today, whereas what Don was saying, there's only two basic rules back then, no biting, no eye gouging. Even then, 
those were yeah. not grounds for disqualification. Be kind of like going, clap your hand and go, hey, 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 give his eyeball back on top of that. You know? They were more yeah. guidelines and rules, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys for a different era, that's for sure. I, I think it might have had something to do with some, some of the athletes they had to deal with. They weren't exactly all there, if you know what I mean. I don't want to be talking that, you know, too. That's true. <laughs> too obvious. Here. That's true. Stellar <laughs> citizens, yes. Well, well, Mark, I mean, how long have you actually, because I get, I, I got a chance to kind of preview through a little bit of your childhood. I mean, you, you lived in a lot of different places. I mean, it says that you lived in Hawaii. It said you lived in the Philippines, Panama, Argentina. I mean, was, was your father in the military or? No, my dad was actually a graduate of, of Thunderbird Business College here in uh, Phoenix. And really? he just loved international business. So we lived in Hawaii. I was born and raised on the Big Island on the Hilo side. And uh, when I was 11, we moved to the Philippines. And business didn't work out in Philippines. So after a year, we came back to Arizona, which is where my dad was from, was from Chandler. He's an old dairy farmer uh, boy from Chandler, Arizona. And, and most people know Chandler now as being this big city. Back then, it was a very tiny city. Even when I was in high school, the majority of Chandler was still farms. Yeah, and I remember. Most didn't know where I was from. I was and while say. I was in... <laughs> I was going to say, I remember that. I just realized you're five years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, I remember it's just the school was the only only building on that street. You know? Yeah, that's, that's cool. right. The building, everything south of that, you know, everything south of Pecos Road was nothing. But yeah. so then um, when I was in high school, my dad got into Panama and so moved to Panama we had a contract with the Panamanian government for all the scrap metal in Panama which is kind of what our family business was all through the years and uh and then uh, I went on my mission as a missionary for our in, to Argentina so first 21 years of my life I spent the majority of it either outside outside of the mainland U.S. It's there's a world of difference when because most uh, most Americans most Americans will never travel to another country. No. Most it's Americans different. literally, I mean, I think the, the how the, uh, uh, what, what I read on Twitter is that they'll born, be raised, and die all within basically about a 50-mile radius. They'll not yeah. even go to another state. I mean, it just boggles my mind when I was reading that static, and that's got to be, you can't, can't be real. Oh, so, well, when I was fighting, we had a guy, you know, to so get your passport, you go with us, you know, these one of the workout partners. And it says, have you, you ever been overseas to Japan? No, no, I've been to Japan. Where where you been? Nowhere. He says, what do you mean nowhere? He says, I've never been outside Pima County. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy to me. You know, and it's, and that is, there's a lot of Americans that are like that, which is why they don't appreciate the country that we right. have. Right. They don't understand what it's like to be outside of that. Right. You know, we learned at a young age, America was was just the best country and when you got back you would kiss the ground that you as soon as you got off the plane you wanted to yeah. kiss the ground because it was so great yeah. i wrote a book and in that book i because i hate government programs most government programs are garbage they just take tax dollars from us but if you wanted a successful government program make every 18 year old go live one year outside of this country they can pick the country they want to go to it could be the bahamas wherever you want to go i promise you after a year they will come back and appreciate America Absolutely. and their ability to speak freely and do those things. And I think you would see far less liberals in the world if we did that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to go on that a little bit more. I mean, I've, through my amateur wrestling career, I've been to about every country that has ever had a wrestling program 
And I mean, tell you about, tell you about some rude awakenings. Uh, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to ask people where the bathrooms are. You simply know by the stench in the corner that uh, no. the bathrooms are somewhere over that corner. And uh, you know, and, and you're told ahead of time, don't drink water from from the from their taps stuff like that. Only drink bottled water. But what they don't tell you is the bottled water that you are getting came out of the tap. So no. you're on the mats. You're on the mats wrestling some of the best people in the world, and you're trying to sphincter down that 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 your your, your bunhole right there because you're about ready to hit the, the the Hershey squirts here all over and you're wrestling the, some of the toughest competition your match is done and now you got a mad dash over to where the bathrooms are and as you run in there you look for where's the where's the bathroom where's the where's the toilets at well they don't have western toilets you know yeah, the, the basically they look like a shower and you just got that hole in the ground and you sit there squat like a dog and which is okay if you're putting out a slug, but if you're putting out a buckshot, no, it's not okay. So, <laughs> and, and you know what? You, then you're looking you, for toilet paper. There's no toilet paper. It's oh. a rusty coffee can that's sitting right there that you got to do the dippy, 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 swishy, swishy, swishy. Is that going? Which again would be okay if you're the first person, but if you're the 50th person, 100th person, Dingleberry City after that. So again, it just you learn real quick in international travel. You want to bring something that's going to Control your stomach, control your bowels, and always have a couple extra rolls of toilet paper. Yep. And that's what Americans don't understand nowadays. They don't understand just how good we have it. You know, this is the only country where we allow uh, our children to be taught to hate your country. You know, these other countries aren't near what America is, but they don't, they don't raise their kids to hate their own country. You know, we do that here. You got kids that are taught to hate what America stands for, what it was built on, what the founding fathers did, all the sacrifices made by not just the founding fathers, but all those people who have died to give us the freedoms we have. They just they just toss it aside like a like a used towel and um, or like that bucket you were explaining. They just it, they don't care anymore. And that's where that's the state of the country we're in. That's the problem. I think I think the hippies from the 60s are in charge now you know and they they they're just they're just they're just still trying to get get even with their parents you know still trying to revolt against their parents and 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 they're they're 70 fucking years old now and, and they haven't smart wised up you know they haven't smartened up yet no and you know what's i what's weird is the same people in the 70s that they were pushing back on the man you know they wanted they didn't want the man to tell them what to do they have become the man. Yeah, those yeah. are now the elites in this country, and it's funny because it's flip flop. What used to the Democrat Party used to be for the working man, the common right. man. Now it's flip flop, and now you're seeing that the Republican Party, the conservative party, is the one out there fighting for the common man, the regular man, um, and the elites are fighting to take everything away from us and only give us what they determine zoo need the government gives you everything that's where they want to go with this yeah. we call that socialism and communism and i'm not about it which is why i jumped in the race yeah now you're looking to take over cinema spot right uh yes she's the so currently she is the senator with her spot is up for grabs she has not filed anything yet so um as of right now there's a democrat and myself that are in the race um but yeah that's the seat i'm shooting for yeah, because they're both horrible. They're both, I mean, uh, the, the astronaut, <laughs> astronaut's just a fucking puppet for the Chinese commies, you know. That's all That's all he is. And then she, I don't know what the hell, you know, she's about just money, I guess. 
Well, he called me a couple of years ago when he was in his campaign thing and it, he called me to talk to me about something. And the way he was talking to me, it was almost like he was going to pat me on the head like a little boy and send me on my way. Right. And he got about a minute into talking to me and, and he ran into a buzzsaw. And that next 20 minutes of conversation didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. Good. And, but, but the funny thing was in three times in a 20 minute conversation, he's like, well, you know, Sheriff, I'm a 20 year Navy veteran. It's like, yeah, I heard you the first two times. Yeah, you know, great. I mean, it was, the conversation didn't go great. And after that, I never heard from him again. Um, I don't think he bothered to try to placate to me or try to, to pretend like he was going to do something about the border because he hasn't. So I'm disappointed in the senators. We have i yeah. love being sheriff but i realize arizona needs a proven conservative fighter somebody who's going to go back to washington dc and try to secure this border try to do what we can to stop crime in this country and to stand uh, try to fix this economy and then you got a myriad of other things in the, on the list that we got to fix too but don't you have more power as a sheriff though you do you do but what i realized was you know i i was out walking one day and uh I thought, man, there's got to be something that these guys are doing that's against the law in Arizona. I'm talking the federal guys, you know, failing right. to secure the border. Right. So the next morning I come in, I start looking through this list of, of crimes and reading all these different things. And finally, I found one. And it was ARS, Arizona Revised Statute 13-2323, which is participating in or assisting a human smuggling organization. Now, that may sound extreme, but one of the parts of it was intentionally da, da 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 or omission by a public servant in his official public servant duties right wow. so okay. i went to the county that's exactly certain, what the fucking biden's doing you know yeah it's a mission and so i went to the county attorney and i read it to him and he's like man you might be on to something so my guys put the case together we showed just how what an impact is having on not just my county but the state but i had to i had to show how it impacted pinal county so that I could do charges on them in Pinal County. And uh, we went after Mayorkas and we were investigating um, Magnus at the time, the guy who used to be the old Tucson chief. Um, and finally we took it to the county attorney and we for two hours, and we have a phenomenal county attorney. We argued it before two hours. And in the end we realized that the supremacy clause um, and the some case law kept us from being able to take those charges to a grand jury. Now, what the Democrats do is they just do it anyway. And then they file these trumped up charges, no pun intended. And then they just, then you got to try to prove your innocence. Right. You know, we believe in the Constitution and the rule of law. And when we saw that the supremacy clause and other case law prohibited us, what it sent me, it reminded me that I can only do so much as a sheriff. So yes, the sheriff is, is more powerful, but there are issues that need to be handled on a federal level that aren't getting handled. And the only way to deal with these is either through impeachment or through voting these people out. And so I've instead of being the guy that sits and just complains about it, I decided I'm going to take that fight to Washington, D.C., and we'll get in that ring now. Good. Well, well not only I, mean, I love what you, you just said here, just Mark. I mean, what about, I mean, there's been some of these senators and other uh, political figures, they've been there like forever. What about term limits? Because there's some of these people that, they are, they've been there so long, they're obsolete. They don't understand what the common man does anymore or, or how the common man li lives because they're in all these elite little dinners and stuff like that. And they're being um, they're being romanced by all these uh, 
political groups. Well, they couldn't tell you the price a gallon of gas or the price for a loaf of bread. You know, I mean, that's there were a dozen eggs. Criminy. You know, they they're eat. not common men. They're not common men anymore. There's very few that are actually common men, and even the ones that started off as common men aren't common men anymore. The reason why they're not common men is because I know I'm running for Senate now. Unless you're independently wealthy, I just I'm it is very difficult because the fundraising difficult, the circles of people that I've run, run around with are not wealthy, you know, gazillionaires. Um, and these are the people that are influencing politics in this country. And why? Because we don't have term limits. Dan, you're right. I believe in term limits. If we have term limits, then the, these, these big money people won't bother to invest so many millions of dollars. But when they know they can keep a Joe Biden in Senate for 47 years and then put him in the White House as a vice president and then put him in there as a president, when they know they yeah. can do that, they're going to put that money in. And people like me and you and the common man out there who just is getting hammered every day by the policies that they are put in, the government overreach and the bureaucracy, the people like us are left to just eat it because we can't afford to fight against the machine. That's why I have to go out and constantly to ask people, please donate to my campaign, 20, 30 bucks. I want this to be a campaign about we the people. We the people taking our country back from the elites and these rich people who want to govern us and take control of our lives and our money and everything. And uh, that's what I'm fighting against, Dan. And I want term limits. I don't know if it's one term as a senator or two terms. And I think it's maybe three terms as a congressman, maybe four terms, which would be eight years. I don't even know if you need to go that much. And I think that's the way we start to fix this country. That'll peel back business from being so married to government. It'll peel back all these wealthy elites from being able to influence politics because you have a constant rotation of, of actual common people wanting to serve their country. Even, but Mark, even more than simply term limits is one aspect, but if there's a political cap on how much money each political person has uh, has allowed to give uh, to uh, buy their different um, advertisements and uh, commercials, things of that nature. Because when you look at the the, the 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 last election, the millions and millions of dollars that were wasted, thrown away. Look at how many look at how many people that could have helped inside the United States. Look how many people that could have helped internationally. You, well, you, you, Hillary you, spent a billion dollars on her campaign. You know, well, they, yeah. yeah. They're spending hundreds. I think uh, this last Senate race was, I've heard figures as high as two hundred million. Um, I, they at least spent a hundred million on the Democrat Party just to make sure that they don't lose that seat. If that doesn't tell you how powerful these seats are and how important they are, because they will pay all that money to keep them. And you're right, Dan. It's it's the PACs, the super PACs. So you can donate sixty six hundred dollars to me as a max. Thirteen thousand two hundred if you're a married couple. Um, but then you can turn around and give hundreds of thousands of them or millions of dollars to a pack so that they can run these ads to just try to destroy my life or any other candidate's lives just so they can get that person that they want, that puppet into power. Um, and that's really where we're at in this country. And that's why they've driven it into the ground is because the actual common man is no longer in Washington, D.C., My, my mind's going just a, a mile a minute right now because it, I, I kept thinking if you just go on a couple of just platforms of term limits, 
limits on, on how much each uh, candidate has to use, no matter which way they want to kind of finagle the system. You got to just got to shut these things down because there's just so much money that is just being squandered and wasted that could be doing some real good. And that's when when you have people that are going hungry or people that uh, are forced to take vaccines or I mean, again, I'm, I'm going kind of a couple of different extremes right now, but it's all overreach of the government. It's all overreach. It, it, it's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that's common to a common man. The common man, I, I, I'll go back to a very young age of Dan Severn. I remember going to an auction with my father and my grandfather and my my dad, uh, I, I, I happen to see this one piece of equipment. I go, well, what's that? My father said, well, that's a manure spreader. And my dad and my grandfather says, no, 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 son. He goes, that's not a manure spreader. That's called the politician. <laughs> because a manure spreader spreads shit. <laughs> so my, I, I, learned, I learned about politics. I was probably, I don't know, 12, maybe, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that, that time frame. And that's going to an auction and, and granddad Severin telling me what a manure spreader was. So yeah, I miss those. I miss those old old school guys. They, they just had the funniest sayings, you know. I, I I wrote a book and I put a bunch of those funny sayings that my dad used to always say to us too. I couldn't remember half of the ones, but what's, man, what's, the, name the, of the, what's the name of your book? My first one is "American Sheriff: Traditional Values in a Modern World." Um, one of those quotes that comes to my mind is, and we put it on. We're putting it on my dad's headstone. He passed away in 2014, and we're finally getting the headstone. But the quote we're putting on there is sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. <laughs> and, and that is the truth of it. You know, you sometimes you guys know you've spent your lives in the arena. Yeah. Sometimes you get your ass handed to you and sometimes you win. Yeah. And that's life. That is life. The, the, yeah. the, the important part of it is that you're in the arena. And so my first book is really about being a man and being and accepting life the way it is and, and and meeting those challenges that life gets you head on. And so it's called American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World. My second book is American Sheriff, Rules to Live By. It's based on the poem by Rudyard Kipling, If, and I tell stories of hope and courage and determination and sacrifice from the founding fathers. Well, you said a word that a lot of young people don't understand, the word called sacrifice. Yeah, they want instant gratification. It's the me, me, now, now type of thing. It's kind of going. I work with athletes all the time. Like, well, how can I get better at this? How can I get better at that? I go, I go. It's all possible. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice? We all have twenty four hours in a day, but how do you spend your day? What do you preoccupy your time with on your day? It's kind of like you know, people that want to lose weight or people that want to get in shape or you know, people that want to learn something. They go, you got the same twenty four hours. How are you utilizing your time? You know? Yeah, and can you condition yourself to the pain? Look, I'll be. I ran for sheriff twice. My first election, the second election, this election. If I would have started here. I wouldn't have been ready. I wasn't conditioned to the pain that comes with it, the sacrifice that comes with running for an office like the U.S. Senate. Running for the sheriff was hard enough. Running a second term was even harder because now you're the guy in the place and everybody wants to take the king of the hill down. And so you've got to condition yourself to accepting the pain 
that comes with being great at something. And the kids don't want to take the pain with social media, with the internet. They can get that information they want at, at a snap of a finger. And so they don't have to go through the pain of, of what it takes to really learn a craft. And, uh, you know, we have a saying in SWAT, you won't rise to the occasion. You will only rise to the highest level of your training. So if you're not willing to train and put yourself through the pain and, 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 and pay the sacrifice that it takes to be great at something, you just will never be great at it. Yeah, well, I, I, on one note there, you're talking about, about, about training and stuff like that. I, I also, I, I work with law enforcement, corrections, air marshal, border patrol, and military. It's a, uh, I was sought out back in 1994. And by 1995, I actually had a ground combatives program. And uh, for like the last, I don't know, four or five years, I no longer will sign the certificates. I have another gentleman that sets all the classes up. He's He is from law enforcement and corrections. Uh, close to probably 40 years. And uh, he, he asked me, he said, well, why don't you want to sign it? I go out of a class of say 20 to 30, I would probably only pass maybe five to six of them just because, and I fail most of them just because of their physical inability alone. I go, you, especially when it comes to corrections, you're in corrections and you're one officer and you may have 120 inmates that you have to control a ratio of 120 to one you don't run that unit they run you basically but it's again this way how you handle yourself how you conduct yourself that you you can have a control over those elements because again you do have weapons and things of that nature but uh you know most of these like men i you know there's a very much more higher ratio of men than there are women but even then I don't, it's again, my, my, my personal opinion, women should not be, should not be guards in a men's prison. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. To, to me, it's like, going, you already got men raping men. I go, I don't care if she weighs 400 pounds and as ugly as all sin, at least she's a woman versus a man, you know? So, you know, and you talked about those guys that are not prepared for it or not trained or they're physically just not at the place we used to be. You know, when we were kids, we had to go work all summer and it was usually hard manual labor type work. And we became strong and sinewy kids just because we were constantly working. Now, like when we put hands on somebody in law enforcement, you guys know the second you grab somebody with hard hands, and you feel their doughy soft bodies, you know whether you're in a fight or not. Or you feel that guy that's that's sinewy and muscly, and you can feel, I'm in a fight now. I'm yeah, going to have yeah, my yeah, hands yeah. full with this guy. And I will tell you, the majority of the people that you put hands on nowadays are soft and doughy, and you can feel the fight go out of them the first time you put hard hands on somebody. And, uh, and you know, look, unfortunately in our profession, we have a lot of those guys that just haven't, been put through the ringer they haven't preconditioned themselves they haven't grown up in a way that gives them that strong um core to their body and to the way they carry themselves and and uh, you know it's just it's it, it's kind of a generational thing and um it's it's hard to feel these fill the positions of of police or or prison guards or jail jail detention officers when there's a lot of people that uh are not up to it you know they uh, they think they are one of the questions that we ask when we interview people is we say, have you ever been in a fist fight? 
And you'd be shocked. The majority of them are like, well, no, you know, I've been in some arguments online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've really told somebody. Good old fashioned keyboard warrior. Keyboard. <laughs> oh, my fingers will type something real bad right now. You watch. <laughs> but most Feel of the them wrath not, of the fingers here. Yeah. So, yeah. Most of them have not been in an actual fist fight. And we'll say, look, are you think you're prepared for that? Because the reality is, you're probably going to get into a fight in this job. Not the reality. You will get into a fight, whether it's in the jail, whether it's on the road. And you need to know, can you, are you capable of, of taking a punch to the face and still, in push, still pushing forward right. and, take, and doing your job? And um, a lot of these people are not, they have not figured out what their limits are and what they're capable of yet. Uh, you don't know anything about yourself until you've been punched in the nose. <laughs> that's right yeah. and i got a big nose so <laughs> i gotta do everything i oh here's what i learned in police work strike first strike hard yeah. save my nose right. <laughs> <laughs> words to live by exactly words to live by you got one of those abraham lincoln uh, nostrils there you know i do man his big old nose doesn't work for crap yeah, <laughs> yeah my mind's just Mine's just for decoration. Yeah, just something. I think I think that fight you had with the Japanese guy, where you exchanged about a thousand punches a piece in the matter of twenty seconds, is probably why your nose has no more cartridge left. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can have a, um, Takayama. He was amazing, amazing man. He was amazing. That was one of the best iconic MMA fights of two men, toxic masculinity, standing in the middle of a ring. <laughs> Just pounding each other in the face. <laughs> well, okay, Mark. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to correct you there on that one. Now, I, okay, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it that night, but it was like like a few days later. I watched it. I called Don up, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm basically berating him. I go, Don, I go, what was going through your mind in that fight, <laughs> other than Takiyama's fist? I go, I go, I go. Playing a game Dude, of chicken. It was like a game of chicken. They both had each other's head and like punch each other's face and right going. And, and I could I could see which way it's going. It's like Taki, I was punching down Fry in the face. Don, I punch you in the face. Are you gonna give you son of a gun you? And Don Fry's like going, No, you son of a gun. I'm not gonna give. I'm gonna keep punching you in the face. I'm thinking, who won? Well, the world won because they they watched. We won. They, the fans won. Yes, they they'll never yeah. witness that ever again because Dan Sever will never do something like that. No, <laughs> I will tell you. You know who is a fighter, much like Dan, uh, like uh, you both no, of you guys, who is a really tough, get in your face fighter is uh, Justin Gaethje. I like oh. Justin Gaethje, <laughs> and you know, I was watching Justin Gaethje back in Rage in the Cage days, and I know we're probably getting off topic, but this kid would just pick people up and slam them. He's got, he's got some incredible wrestling skills, yeah. but he goes into the UFC and you don't ever really see him ever using his wrestling Never. skills. He Never. wants to stand there man to man and he wants to beat you and, and, and really take your soul with you, with him out, out of the ring. And I think that's why he's a fan favorite. That's why he wins $50,000 every time he fights because he is, he is, He's the man in there. He goes in and does old school fighting. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. He's a, he's, he's one of us, you know, he, he should be the fourth one on this panel right now. You know, cause he's, he he's one of us boys, you know, he, he is one of us. Yep. That's right. He, brings, he just has he, more money now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he deserves every damn penny he got. I'll tell you that. 
He does. Well, he's from the northern part of Arizona, too. I ended up, uh, I was there for a law enforcement class and happened to be up at uh, his high school. He was not in town at the, at the time, but I went in and uh, to the school and, and uh, did a little school assembly while I was uh, there. And, and that was great because they, they put him, uh, they brought him uh, online on, on, on the big screen and that. So after watching a couple of his match, I go, I go, you get, have you heard of this thing called lateral movement? <laughs> not, not staying right in front there and just throw buckshot left and right. I'm making a little, well, little bit more movement. motion right there. You know, swim with the head left and right. Yeah. But footwork and head movement go a long way. <laughs> well, yeah. Li listen to you, Mr. Fry, talking about that. You know, right? <laughs> well, I'm a voice of experience. It goes a long way. <laughs> That's right. He knows. He knows. <laughs> oh, my God. Eric, what oh, do you consider to be the most pressing challenges? In your jurisdiction and what you're doing to address them, partner. So I think the biggest pressing challenges, obviously, are things that are actually not just for my county, but statewide and nationwide. The border, crime, and uh, the economy. When you when you talk about the biggest top three issues, and really when we get down to Pinal County, it's the border issues we deal with every day. Even though that doesn't stay in Pinal County. We're like that last choke point, that last line of defense to stop it before it gets into Phoenix and then throughout the rest of America. Because what happens in our backyard today will be in your front yard tomorrow. Is so, your, I mean, look, we've seen it. Go ahead. Is your county the one with the signs that says uh, caution, there's illegal aliens? Or Yeah. They put one of those signs up on BLM land um, right out in the, the desert. When you go out there, it says, hey, watch out. There might be smugglers here. That's like giving up. Yeah. You know, it really is like giving up. But we have seen a, in the last two years under this administration, we've seen a 377% increase in traffic stops involving human smuggling, a 461% increase in pursuits involving human smuggling. We have seen a 600% increase in fentanyl. Um, just yesterday, I was out working and uh, we, one of my guys, we were doing traffic stops. One of our guys got a traffic stop on a girl from California. She flew out to Arizona rented a car on Turo. If you don't know what Turo is, it's like Airbnb or, or uh, VRBO for cars. You can rent somebody else's car. Rent somebody else's car and commit a crime. <laughs> yeah, that's what she did. That's she brilliant. drove down to Sierra Vista, <laughs> drove down to Sierra Vista and picked up two illegals. So when we pull her over, we got two illegals in camouflage clothes and carpet shoes laying in the back. And they got this thing, this weird thing they do. They think if you don't, if they don't see you, then right. you don't see them. So they lay there <laughs> with their eyes closed. They don't look at you. And uh, we uh, we pulled those guys out, turned them over to Border Patrol. I actually did a Newsmax interview, and I was still on the scene of the traffic scene stop. So I just put it on a tree, and you could see the car and the Border Patrol behind me finishing up the traffic stop. But that's what we're dealing with every day. The rising crime, I'll give you one quick story. I've been telling this lately. Um Marana and Pima County was having a rash of thefts. Yeah. Three, uh, one guy and two girls were hitting CVS and Walgreens and CVS and Walgreens. And the cops were like one or two stores behind. They ended up hitting eight stores. They put out a bolo. I'll be on the lookout for. And we see the car. One of my guys sees the car going up the, the I-10. I happen to be working. So I pull around. I flip around with him. He pulls the car over. I'm the second one on scene. We got our guns out. We do a high-risk stop. We get all three people out. Um, we open the car doors, and all the stolen crap falls out. And then uh, I walk to the back of the car, and she goes, <laughs> she goes, what would you stop us for? <laughs> and I said, well, 
there's been a bunch of thefts in Marana and Pima County. And uh, you two, you three match the description. So does your car. So does your license plate. And when I opened the door, all the stolen crap fell out. And she goes, well, haven't you heard about the new law? And I said, this is not California. This is Arizona. And we believe in the rule of law. And we're going to hold you accountable if you steal anything, let alone thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And well, yeah, then so, she, was she trying to uh, say that smash and grab was good to go in, in the Arizona? Because California has rules that if you steal $951 or less, and now they're saying they're not even going to prosecute any theft. But if you steal $951, they're not charging people. And so they stole about $1,200. You can tell they knew about how much they could steal at each store because they were stealing about that much. Um, un unfortunately, they went over 1000 which is, makes it a felony. But then she said something very concerning, which goes to the point of the rule of law and crime. She said, well, we didn't hurt anybody. We feel like if we don't hurt anybody, we should be able to take anything we want. Right. And wow. that is what? the problem with not enforcing the law. That's the problem with having um, uh, county attorneys or, or district attorneys that are failing to uphold the rule of law or police office or police agencies. And it's not police for the most part, it's legislators and, and uh, county attorneys that aren't upholding the rule of law then this is what you get. You get anarchy. You get people that think they can do whatever without any consequences. And so those three found out the hard way. There are consequences to their decisions, as did the lady who was trafficking those two. Um, they found out the hard way. Come into Pinal County, you're going to find out. Now, can you deputize anybody you want? And do, are they only deputized within Pinal County? So that's a great question. The answer is yes. Um, the Constitution of, of Arizona gives us that authority. There is some question now with the, the uh, attorney general. Now the attorney general has kind of made a decision. She's made an opinion that she doesn't think that we can. So this will probably be likely be an issue that's gonna have to be hashed out uh, in the near future as to what the authority is. And here's my point. You can say that AZ Post, which is Arizona Peace Officer Standards and Training. You can say that AZ Post is who gives you your authority, but I say that's BS. Because you can be AZ Post certified. You can go through the academy. You're not a cop until a sheriff or a judge swears you in. Um, and so I say it doesn't, they don't give you authority. You, you can have all the training you want through AZ Post. You can be certified through them all you want. Until I swear you in, you're not a cop. Right. You're not an official law enforcement officer. And so I say that the sheriff has the authority to deputize. Um, I think that that jurisdiction, based on what I read in the U and the Arizona Constitution, would keep unless you've been through AZ post training, been through the academy. I think you would only be you would only have jurisdiction authority within the county that there where you were deputized. Yeah, but you can have you can go have multiple sheriffs deputize you though. You could, in theory, you could. Um, you know, I don't. We haven't had a need for any of that. I've done a sheriff's posse. I have a civilian's posse. I have a patrol posse. So I have a, the, the law is very clear on what you can do as a posse. And so I have, I have posse guys that dress just like the deputies. They have guns, they have take home cars and they go out and they help my deputies. They don't have arresting power and they don't have, they don't drive code three, but you know, a deputy can say, Hey, put cuffs on that guy. And then he would be acting under the authority of that deputy. But those they give about 2,500 to 3,000 hours a month is what my posse puts in. 
you imagine, think about the, the, the value that has to the, to the county. And, and it's a force multiplier where people see more cars on the streets. And these are volunteers. They're not getting paid. They go to work at their other jobs and then they come out and they, they, can, they have a chance to be a sheriff's deputy on the side and uh, feel some toxic masculinity. Now, how come they can't arrest people? <laughs> What's how come what? How come they can't arrest? Because they're not actually a, they're not deputized. They're, so they're part of my posse, and they haven't been through. They have not been. There's two ways to be a cop in Arizona. You have to be AZ post certified, so they have to certify you, or you have to be the elected sheriff. Now, the elected sheriff, going back to what we were just talking about, has the authority to deputize. Yeah. Um, I just don't know of any sheriffs that are out deputizing random people. I think that we have a posse for that. We use our posses for, for helping our officers in that. Now, if the crap hit the fan and I had to deputize people to, to protect our buildings, protect homes, whatever, um, then, then, you know, I would do what we had to do so that we could do that. But I want to make sure I got some legal liability. So I want to make sure that people I put on the street that I give the authority to go out and do the job. I think I owe it to the taxpayer to make sure that those people are trained and ready to do the job. It's like you guys, you would never send in a guy that walked up to you and says, Hey, I can fight. Oh, good. I'm going to put here, get in the ring and fight this guy. Right. You have no idea. He could kill the guy. He could get killed. You don't know what's going to happen. So we want to know just how skilled they are before we put them out on the street. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, but on, 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 that, on that exact same note though, you can work with an athlete inside that gymnasium, that safe environment, but you still don't know what they're going to do the moment you put them out there in front of that live crowd because there's, there's there, are, there are some athletes that will rise up and become something totally different than there's others that they, they get out in front of that crowd and that they, they get overwhelmed with all the crowd and all of a sudden they're, they're faced with this reality. They hear that, that cage door shut or... Again, any type of athlete, uh, you know, amateur wrestlers, stuff like that, you know, they could train in a practice room. That's one thing. Their practice room national greatness. Practice room, right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's one of the chapters. Then they, the they, they freeze, yeah. Yep. yep. One of the chapters in my book is called It's Not a Fight Until You Meet Resistance. Yeah. And you can you can hit a heavy bag all day long. You can hit the mitts and you can you can do the footwork and you can do all that. But you don't know. You're, you don't know what you're going to do in that fight until you meet that resistance. Right. And, and uh, we see it all the time. We see guys that look real good. They, the uniform looks sharp. They got all the cool gear. And then the second the fight is on, some second some resistance comes, they're not there. To, they're not there or they fold like a cheap suit. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I've, I find it out. I try to push those limits every day. And trust me, running for Senate was not at the top of my list. And it was not necessarily the arena I wanted to get in because I knew about that the the ass whooping you're going to take going through and doing this this I, you know some even if you know your skill level and you know you're 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 tough enough to do it it's still not fun to know that you're going to get in there and get punched over and over and you're going to have to put in a lot of gym time and all that it is hard to to, to make that decision to say all right I'm going to put myself through hell yeah, but the I the founding fathers they, they they sacrifice so much those men and women who have died on the battlefields across this world those men and women who have died on the streets of america as cops they deserve for us to fight for it and so ultimately my wife and my family and i we said we're going to get in the ring and we're going to get lumped up 
And, but in the end, we're confident enough that we've got the skill set to win the fight. See, now that's my theory on uh, so-called weapons. You know, you have a knife or a gun. It's not a weapon until you use it. To me, you know, just because you have it on your, you know, in your pocket, you know, it's a knife, it's a tool, a gun's a tool. But, it's, you know, it's not a weapon until, hey, that's a good looking dog. That's a, <laughs> Am I a common, she's a commodore. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I wrong on that theory? Am I wrong on that theory of it not being a weapon? Yeah, you're right. You know, it's a it's a it's a weapon when you use it. Right. You know, I um till there's decoration. I'm I'm very particular about when I ask people, do you have any guns in the car? Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not a weapon, it's a gun. Right. And I had a guy pulled over the other day, he was Plates were expired, didn't have his license on him. He had a seat kicked back to where you couldn't almost even see him. He was G riding down the I-10. I pull him over. I walk up. And because I've been doing this job a lot, you can feel what the situation is. And I said, do you have any guns in the car? And normally when people say no, I say, well, you should. It's dangerous out there. Yeah. Um, But he said, yeah, I do. And I said, where's it at? And he showed me right in that center console. And I said, here's the deal. Just don't grab it. Don't just keep that that cut that close until we finish up the traffic stop. Yeah. And you know what? Mutual respect between the two of us. No problem. Um, I actually gave the kid a warning. I said, look, man, you're way outside the bounds. I said, your car's registration expired in 2020. Wow. I said, but, you know, he had already had a ticket from from DPS. And I said, you're a young kid. I'm not trying to pile on another thousand dollar ticket on top of you, but I I'm asking you now, please go get this taken care of because the next guy is not going to be Sheriff Lamb. Who's going to give you a warning. Um, I'm not trying to break your back and put you behind the eight ball as a young buck. I want you to to be able to take care of this. So hopefully he does, but in the end there was mutual respect. And like you said, it was a gun. It wasn't a weapon. It was just a gun in his car. Right. And so you should have been happy that you're so kind to him. I, I so I, I've told this story a couple of times before. There were uh, the movie. I, I was a I was a freshman at, at Arizona State. The uh, movie Walking Tall had uh, come out, and uh, and I happened to be going to this swap meet. You know, it's a huge huge swap meet at the Greyhound uh, Racing Park. And right. as I'm as I'm walking down the aisles of, of this uh, swap meet, I had two biker looking dudes that are walking towards. Be it in the the, in the opposite direction right now, head head towards me. One guy's got each guy's got like a two by four on their shoulders. He's got they got a gun uh, holstered on on their hip. They got they got a big buck knife down on on the boot there. And I go, I don't even want to make eye contact with these with these guys. I think it's like you know. But I I, I kept I did not know at that time that Arizona was an open carry state at the time. I you know just young, and uh, you know just grew up growing up on a farm. Heavy guns was commonplace because you know um, you, you you go hunting. I didn't know that there was actually hunting seasons. It was like we had 120 acres. You just went hunting basically whenever you wanted to. And it wasn't until probably junior high that uh, um, my one of my classmates like uh, I got the paperwork here. I get to go go for the gun safety class. I pick a gun safety class. What do you mean? He said, "Well, there's a gun <laughs> safety class coming on up that uh, will teach you how to shoot a gun there, right?" And I'm thinking. Well, didn't your dad just take you out back and uh, this? Then 
point this in. Never want to make sure always have the object that you're looking to kill, and then don't point anything, anything else that you don't plan to kill. And uh, wow, I just it just kind of boggled my mind. Just just the non common sense approach to things, but. Uh, yeah. Different days, different times nowadays. You know, everything has to be regulated. Everything's uh, government's got their hand in it. You know, and government's not the solution. Government is the problem. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Reagan used to say it. The, the, the seven most scariest words are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. And they're not. They make things worse. Um, typically, the government doesn't pay as high as, as, as the public industry and you don't always get the cream of the crop. Um, there's some great people that work in government that are passionate about public service. Um, there is just uh, government's just not the answer. And, you know, I think they well, want to drive. Now you just prove that, you know. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, they've completely abandoned Maui, you know, and government's got in there and they shut off the water. And there's a lot of strange things that's gone on there. And I think people yeah. are looking for answers and they're looking to the government for answers. Look, I wouldn't let the government run a hot dog stand for me. No. They wouldn't figure out, they couldn't figure out how to put the hot dog in the bun, which if yeah. you know, there's only one way to put the hot dog in the bun. They'd be trying to put it crossways and doing all sorts of stuff, putting it in a hamburger bun. They don't know. Um, and it's, I'm trying to get back. I don't want to go back there and inject more government into our daily lives. I want to pull it back. I think you've, We've got a real work on our hands of repealing um, over restrictions and, and government uh, overreach. We've got to go back and do a lot of work. And so as a senator, I'm not looking to pass bills. I'm looking to repeal things. I'm looking to take things off the books. And if you are going to pass stuff, make them be things like letting farmers do their job, letting, th letting uh, miners go out and mine, letting uh, our our, our uh, uh, energy industry go to work whether it's fracking oil right. we need to get back to nuclear energy look i'm not getting on here to try to i don't make I'm not, i sound like i'm doing a stump speech now so what? i'm just so passionate about trying to get back america back to americans right. and take it out of the government's hands because it was never designed to be there right absolutely absolutely so we have government back to the entrepreneurial spirit well yeah, yeah. change, change up the subject for a moment there education what what you got any like thing that you might want to improve upon education? One per, only one area that I, I I would want to try to see right now is like, when's the last time you ever heard of the Presidential Physical Fitness Awards? Oh, we all wanted to, we had to do it. Like they made us, they yes. made us participate in school. Yeah. And then there's that competitive side of you. It's like, well, I want to beat everybody at it. You know exactly. Um, yeah, they don't. They're pushing the wrong things for fitness. What they've allowed to do is big pharma and, and, and business. You know, business used to keep government in check. Capitalism kept government in check. Now they've merged together and they're pushing products on us and they're pushing vaccines on us. And if you can't look at where the money's going, then I don't know what to tell you because it is plain as day that they're, they're this government, the restrictions they put, the requirements, the mandates, the orders, it makes their these companies even more wealthy than they already are, pharmaceutical companies and everything. So, well, I, um, I just heard that they're going to make an aerosol um, uh, vaccine. You know, look, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that's I would kind, not that's be kind surprised. Of illegal. That's kind of illegal in my book, you know. <laughs> but going back, going back to it is illegal. I I mean, I don't want it. I don't want the vaccine either. Right, and right. Uh, I think I stood against the lockdowns. I stood against the mask mandates. I stood against the vaccines. I know your question was about education. 
What I think we've got to get back to is let's get rid of the Department of Education on a federal level. There's no need for it. Education should be handled on a state and local level. That's where education should be handled. And then we've got to stop pushing political agendas and social agendas and social constructs onto our children and forcing it down their throats and taking parents out of the education game. The other thing we've got to stop doing is pushing kids towards college. I'm not saying that college is bad necessarily, but I think there is a place for, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, there's some schooling that comes with that. But what I do in my community is I encourage kids to find a trade, or if yes. you want to go to college, find a college. I think we could peel back some of the high school years and then give kids an earlier option to push them down the route they want to go. If you want to go down a doctor's route, here's the education piece for that. And then maybe give the kids the option through high school to go into a trade school. We've got to start filling the ranks of the trades in this country or we're going to be in big trouble. Welders, masons, um, framers, people that actually do things with their hands and build things and build America. We've got to get those kids back in, in into the getting them wanting to do it. So I would love to see sh education shift. And I think we got to go back to teaching real history, not this doctored history that tells people that America is a horrible country and that we um, that was founded by racist men and, and, and women. All those things are just not true. We got to get back to the pride of America and putting America first, teaching our kids real history and letting them decide for themselves what they want to do with their lives. Um, I think that's important. So I'm big on school choice. I'm big on taking the federal government out of it, getting it back into the hands of the parents and getting it back into the hands of uh, of our states and our local uh, people. Yeah, I, I, I went to this college uh, for five years. <laughs> and um, after that, I, I, you know, got to the um, <laughs> five years, six years of college down the dream. Damn it. And, um, <laughs> you know, then I got in the fire department then uh, over in Santa Fe, New Mexico for a year. And then we couldn't afford to live there. So I moved my wife home and I went to horseshoeing school, you know, and barrier. I, yeah. I became a farrier. And uh, then, then I got on with the fire department down in Bisbee, you know, so yeah. I, I'd fireman in my days off as a farrier. It, you know, it was a great, great way to make a living, man. Oh yeah. Most people yeah. don't know what a farrier is. If you were yeah. to give a, I guarantee if you were to give a, a quiz to kids at school and ask them what a farrier is, I'd be surprised if anybody knew it, let alone right. maybe only the country kids. Only the uh, boys with the horses, yeah. And the yeah. Rocket boys, yeah. <laughs> but then they, they know them as horseshoers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they, if they have to watch it too much uh, on the social media here. Nowadays, they'll make, oh, sure, a farrier is probably uh, uh, one of the higher ups in the LGB. TQRSTV <laughs> yeah, yeah. community. I always say I can't. I can't ever get all the uh, the the initials correctly. I just go. It's the alphabet uh, group there. You know, the farrier's got a wand and some wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, knock it off. <laughs> sure. What you got? What you got? You get in law enforcement, partner. <laughs> you know what? I never wanted to be a, a cop. Never crossed my mind. I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I want to be a cop. I wanted to be in the military, but. Nothing was going on when I came home from my mission. Um, and so I had some friends who were in the military, talked me out of it. I got into business. Next thing you know, I was married with five kids. Um, I was a business owner and uh, 33 years old. And I, one of my neighbors said, hey, you want to go on a ride along? And I was like, 
yeah, sure, why not? So I went on a ride along. Keep me from making another kid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That night, we had a guy that uh, found a 20-year-old with his 14-year-old daughter, got into a little dust-up. Kid runs out the back. So this is on the Indian Reservation, Salt River. So I show we show up, and uh, we get out of the car. And if you know, there's the on the reservation, you'll have the house and then desert behind it. And then you might have a, a an old abandoned travel trailer. Well, that's what this was. So I'm out there armed with a flashlight and courage. I'm out there looking in this old abandoned car, uh, travel trailer and I see all this debris and, and trash and clothes. And I see what I think is a quarter size of skin in that pile. And I'm like, Hey, this dude's right in here. So they go in there. Sure enough. Boom. He's in there. They get him out, tase him, put him in cuffs, rough him up. <laughs> I went home that morning. I told my wife, I'm going to be a cop. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, six months later, I was in the Academy and, and I look, I'm a, I, I love MMA. I love MMA and I always have and um, was a big fan of the UFC at the time. And when I saw that you you could go hands on sometimes, yeah. I was just like, wow, how was I not doing this job all my life? <laughs> and um, I, I just took to it. And it was probably six, seven years into it, 2011, under the Biden and, and, um, and Trump or Biden and Obama administration. I saw the undermining of the rule of law. I saw they were trying to tear away at the, at the confidence and the faith and police in our, in our country. Um, they were just undermining the rule of law. I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to run for sheriff. And I started making changes, took a pay cut, went to Pinal County. Then eventually I left so that I could start a business so that I could run again. And I uh, was fortunate enough to come back in 2016 and run and win and took office in 2017. So Look, I'm one of those guys that was not a, never was on my radar to be a cop, but I found my calling in life when I found it and I've loved every year of it and I've been grateful to put on the badge every day. And especially as a sheriff, it's been a, the honor of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I can't think of um, the paragraph in the constitution, but yeah, it, the, the sheriff has more responsibility you know, than anybody else almost, you know, for the, for the rule of law. And when you think about America, the founding fathers, the first two charges of the constitution in the preamble, where we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice and ensure domestic tranquility, establishing justice and ensuring that we had domestic tranquility were the first two charges of the constitution in the very preamble. And so it tells you how important the rule of law, this law enforcement profession is in America, but it's also important that we have people that understand it because if you get the wrong people in, we can yeah. see what we saw in, in 2020 and 2021 where law enforcement was overstepping the, their constitutional bounds and authority and arresting people for not being, you know, staying at home or for not wearing a mask or for not being vaccinated. And uh, I was pretty disappointed to see some of that going across the country. But it shows you how important it is to have the right people in place and leadership in law enforcement so that they don't go down the wrong path that some of these other countries throughout history have gone down. And what you saw later on was dictatorships, communism, socialism. So um, I take a lot, I, I take this I take this responsibility very serious. Yeah, that's what we got going on right now is complete overreach by the government, and um, 
you know, the, the someone, 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 a former president into jail, you know, or even bringing charges against him is complete corruption. And, you know, I saw an image today and I'm going to do a video on it, but I saw an image today that showed um, the amount of minutes that all of the mainstream of CBS, ABC, NBC, all these other uh, organizations had talked about the fact that Joe Biden had 5,400 emails in the National Archive. And there could be more under three different aliases while he was the vice president. Um, I saw that. The, the amount of minutes that these other uh, organizations had talked about it was zero. Zero minutes on every one of those plat, uh, media outlets had spent zero minutes talking about the potential treasonous actions of yeah. our sitting president of the United States. That is why we're in the state we're in. The founding fathers understood it. In the First Amendment of the Constitution, they talked about freedom of religion, freedom of speech the freedom of the press, the right to peaceably assemble. But going to the freedom of the, the of the press, the reason the founding fathers put that in the very first um, amendment to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, they put that in there because they knew that the, the, the people's ability to speak freely, the people's ability to peaceably assemble, to go to church, depended on the media telling the truth to the people. And what we've gotten now is we've gotten to where the government is in cahoots with these mainstream media, pushing a specific agenda, and it is tearing away at the fabric of America. They are willfully and purposely and, and intentionally misleading and hiding the truth from the American people just so they can keep an ineffective, feckless, incompetent leader in power. We are living in a cacistocracy. A cacistocracy is a government led by the least competent and suitable citizens. And that is what we are having right now. We live in a cacistocracy and we need to get back to the common man being in power so that we can have a constitutional republic as the founding fathers designed it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. It's it's completely Stalinistic now, you know, to where the government- it is government and, and the media are hand in hand and just poisoning poisoning everybody yeah they it's 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 willful it is planned it's deliberate what's happening on the border is deliberate what's happening with the rule of law and crime in these cities like chicago and new york where crime is going through the roofs that's deliberate these are all things that are very deliberate and it doesn't stop until we the people decide it stops and we, the people, have all the power, which is why they try to divide us on race, religion, politics, COVID, abortion, whatever they can divide you on, they will. And even in amongst the Republican Party, there's division. Why? Because in division, you can hunt. You can hunt and peel people off. And there is no power. The founding fathers knew it. That, that phrase, we, the people, is so much more important than the average American realizes. And if less, until we get back to the recognizing our power is in ignoring the government and the mainstream media's efforts to divide us and we stand together we take this country back well, but until then united. we're going to be in big trouble yeah, united we stand divided we fall that's right yeah. and like we pledge saying the pledge of allegiance one nation under god yeah. well first of all we, we pledge allegiance to a republic right. and then one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice 
for all, not just for your political uh, allies <laughs> and, and, and use it as a tool against your political opponents. I never thought in a million years I would watch as a sitting president who is tainted, who is, I think there's plenty of evidence to already go after this guy, but that we, we can see, and his behavior has been treasonous to this country. And yet, yet he turns around and actually goes after his political enemy who's leading in the polls. We, we officially have crossed over into banana Republic uh, tactics. You cross the Rubicon, you know, shit. Yep. It's 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 ridiculous that we're doing it, but you know they've got us. They've got us all uh, afraid to stand up for ourselves and go after. I mean, the only thing you do is you know two arms, two arms. You know, grab grab your guns and roll. But they'll they're gonna whack you before you get there. You know, that's what... well. If you look at the last two years, what's happened? You know, January sixth and a lot of these things. And look, I don't condone any violence on. On that day, I don't condone violence on our capital. The only um, violence but, was was against the, the people, and they impugned they impugned everybody that was there, which was not appropriate because it violates our First Amendment right to to peaceably assemble. And a lot of those people there peaceably assembling. But you take January sixth, you take Donald Trump, you take all these other things, you take this pastor who who the, the FBI or the ATF or whoever it was showed up at his house and yeah. served a warrant on it. It's like that shirt you used to get at Disneyland at Pirates of the Caribbean that said, the beatings will continue until your morale improves. Right. right now, the Democrats have a saying, the beatings will continue until your politics improve. They want to force feed their agenda and their politics down Americans' throats. But I'm going to tell you, there's a scripture, 2 Kings 6.16. And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And you have to remember that the majority of Americans still believe in life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. They believe in God, family, freedom, and they are fed up with all of this too. And so until we've got to start coming together as people standing up for this. It's part of the reason I'm running. Look, I'm not, I can't control what other people do, but I can control what I do. And if I, I would, I would be very disappointed in myself if I didn't get in the arena and at least try to fight for what I love and, 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 which is God, family, freedom in this country. And so that's why I'm getting into this fight. Hopefully anybody who wants to will come support me. I'm, I'm This campaign is running on small dollar donations from the average American because the big money, they don't necessarily want somebody like me in there. And so I need these small dollars. Please go to SheriffLamforSenate.com. Donate today. Help me out. Take me. Let's, let's send me back to Washington and and watch what we can do back there once we get a real patriot in, in office. Can somebody walk up to you on the street and hand you cash, or does it have to be in a check form or what? Well, I mean, you get that sometimes. Uh, there's a limit on what type of small donation you can take, but they can go online and donate. They can send a check into my campaign and donate. Um, you can buy a T-shirt on my website and donate. I do gun drawings all the time. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give away two hunts here in the next week um, going out to Texas on September 15th and 16th at short notice, but we're going to take a couple people out there to where Chris Kyle was shot and killed. It's a beautiful five-star hunting ranch. We're going to hunt some hogs. We're going to do some other stuff and we're doing uh, we only got five rooms and we're doing it uh, $6,600 per room. Um, so I'm going to push that out and hopefully raise even as if we do it as a drawing, I think we'll raise 25, $30,000 off of it. But Listen, these, these are expensive campaigns. The Democrats have it down to a science. 
And if we don't start campaign financing like they are, we, you know, we are going to have tough time next year. So please show up every 20 bucks, 10 bucks, five bucks. It all helps. And what's it, what's the address again? Sheriff lamb for Senate.com Sheriff lamb for Senate.com. And I got a, uh, I still got a few more minutes, but Fox is going to be calling me at three o'clock. So congratulations. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but <laughs> is that, is that, is that I've never, I got to be honest with you. I'd rather stay on with you guys. I've had a great time today and you guys are honestly legends. I, I think if America, America was built on men like you guys. And I think if more, if we, I love that you guys are pushing this toxic masculinity out there. I keep saying there's nothing wrong with being a man. There's nothing wrong with being an alpha exactly. male. And you shouldn't have to apologize for that. These women nowadays, even they, you see these polls where liberal women are having problems finding good men. Why? Because they're all the all the the men and the and the alpha males are conservative. Yeah. And so they're struggling to find uh, the, a man who fills the role that they would like. Um, I think society, there's that old saying, what, uh, uh, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create hard men, and hard men create good times. And so we're in that phase where we need some hard men to step up and, and, and take back this country and create uh, easier times again. So, hey, is that gal Emily is pretty um in person as she is on TV? Emily, which one? Oh, Campagno. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all. I think. I think they all are. <laughs> you see them in person, and they're just they're stunningly beautiful. Some of these women at, that that work at these news agencies. Um, yeah, it's always. I got, I'm blessed though. I got a beautiful wife, so I. Uh, yeah, I take I her with girlfriend. me. I got pretty and, girlfriend. Uh, she looks like. My wife looks like she could be sitting on one of those newsstands and doing the news as, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get ready to say, I'm going to try to stop down. I go, you don't ask a man a question like that, especially maybe off the air, not on the air. Okay. Look, I, I, I'm not blind either. So, yeah. I, but I'm going to put in the word for Don the next time. I'll be like, hey, have you guys heard of Don the Predator Fry? Uh, yeah. That, 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 that might be a turnoff right there when you hear the, the predator. Yeah. <laughs> it had different, yeah. it had different meaning back then. <laughs> I know the predator is taking on new meaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's not not quite the same. Now you got to be Don the Predator Hunter Fry. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I know Mark, you got another call coming up here. We really appreciate the time that you've been able to to spend with us. We really appreciate. I mean, honestly. Um, I like everything that you said. I, I wish I was a registered Arizona voter. I'm a Michigan registered voter. Uh, I, I wish there were some more people in the state of Michigan that were had your um, morale and uh, things that you want to represent and, and to, to fight for. Um, we could use we could use a big infusion of that across the entire United States. So I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, and uh, I'll be pulling for you. Would you have time to come back on again, sir? Oh, yeah, anytime. I'd love to come on. Right. And I apologize I had to cut this one short. I had it blocked out for more time, but they messaged me this morning. So I'm trying to fit as many media hits as I can in there. And just a reminder, please go to SheriffLandForSenate.com. Um, help us take this state back. I'm not a wealthy man. I live paycheck to paycheck. I'm an ordinary guy that's, that's affected by the economy as well. And frankly, even going back to D.C. and – 
And as a senator is going to be a financial strain on my family for having to have two households, a home here, renting a place out there, traveling back and forth for my wife. Um, but it's what it's something we're willing to do. So it is something we're we're definitely willing to do and fight for. And uh, I want to be your your conservative, proven conservative fighter in Washington, D.C. Even if you don't live in Arizona, you can donate because it, as an Arizona senator, as a U.S. senator, you don't just vote on Arizona. You vote on bills that affect all 50 states. So anybody out there, you should be very aware of who the senators are from every state because a senator in Kentucky affects Arizona as much as they do Michigan and Alabama and Florida. We all Those 100 senators affect every one of our states. And so I'm going to be a champion, not just for Arizona, but for all 50 states uh, in, this, in this union, in this, in this republic. I got a good buddy named Bill Phillips who's going to run for sheriff down here in Pima County. And, nice. I know yeah, Bill. You know Bill? Bill's a great guy. I, I think you two, we just get you two on there together and, you know, and uh, it'd be fun to listen to you all get after it, you know, because you're both, we all four have the same mindset, you know. And, well, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. And Bill. You and Bill, uh, you'd be great for the state of Arizona, you know, and for the and for the country. You were thank you, Don, and I appreciate it. And then you, you reminded me I need to get a hold of Bill. He had messaged, reached out to me a while back, so I'll get a hold of him. He's a good guy, man. I've known him for thirty years. You know, we were uh, met in the judo room. You know, back when I started started this stuff. You know, so great guy. Hey, I'll tell you what that be meeting on the mat or in the ring forges friendships like you know others so once you once you've bled together and sweat together and and uh beat the crap out of each other uh it, it, that forges some strong friendships absolutely. Yeah, absolutely nothing like it man nothing like yeah. sweating bleeding with somebody man okay well god bless you guys thanks for having me on and i'd love to come back on anytime all right very good thank thanks you. mark thank Take you care. right sander thank you sir <laughs> Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.